Good morning. Hi, how are you? Late spring, early winter. You're welcome. Uh, and it's uh, ugly all morning. We'll keep you up to date with it. Extra information, because you've been good. Well, let's jump in. Let's do the top six and six. Now for some more news. Ready? Welcome to the top six and six. What? On the Steve Cochran Show. That is great radio. This is your first look at what people, animals, and assorted fruits and vegetables <laughs> will be talking about today. I'd like to lie to you, but you told me you'd never want to be lied to. Okay. Uh, it's going to be even worse tonight. Uh, super duper cold, like extra cold, like cold with cold on top. Yeah. Bonus cold. But uh, as far as this morning goes, plan on a lot of extra time uh, to get to wherever you have to go. Temperatures peak in the low 30s today before dropping to about 12 degrees over the next couple of nights with wind chills below zero. Uh, three to six still in the forecast today. We'll get an update from Mike Hamernick coming up. People across the city and suburbs holding events to honor our nation's veterans. Snow's not going to stop anybody. Uh, honor vets today during a ceremony at Soldier Field, the Rose Hill Cemetery Veterans Parade and ceremony will begin marching, uh, or began marching at about 1040 yesterday. It was a beautiful thing. And all of this, all of this for Veterans Day, we got more on that coming up as well, including the fact the text question of the day is, who do you want to honor? There's no way I'll be able to get to all of your texts, but I want to read as many as I can. If you love a veteran and you want to tell me who they are, where they served, and if they have a funny name, help me pronounce it. Um, and uh, I'll get to as many of those as I can this morning. Next, the Bears won ugly. Hey, they won. Bears beat the Lions twenty to thirteen. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky uh, played. Um, actually, got a little less than two hundred yards, three touchdowns, threw some good passes, and his ADD kicked in through some bad passes. Bears now are four and five, Dave. They are. They are with the game at the Rams next week. The Rams will be in a foul mood because they lost. It's one in a row. Uh, next, Rivers Casino, the busiest riverboat casino in Illinois, headed for dry land. The Illinois Gaming Board granted Rivers the state's first land-based casino license at a board meeting on Thursday, enabling the displaced facility to move its gambling operation beyond the shallow pool of water it's built in to qualify as a riverboat. You didn't know, did you? Next, Black Friday ad slowly being released to target Black Friday 2019 ad has been released. Best deals coming later this month. How about an Apple Watch for 170 bucks? That's not too bad. And finally, billionaire and former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is this close to running for president. One of Bloomberg's advisors says uh, he's considering a run because he's increasingly concerned that the current field of candidates is not well positioned to beat Trump in the general election. And that is your top six That's at six. That's all today for the top six at six. Come on! It is a 618, and I hear, think I hear Mike Cameron at Channel 9. Mikey, you there? Hey, Steve, I sure am. All right. Appreciate you jumping on uh, here because we'd like to know why you've caused it to snow and uh, uh, why you've done this to us and what you're angry about. Uh, well, you know, it's been uh, it's been a long week, so we figured, uh, <laughs> you know, let's throw some snow and cold at you. Uh, I mentioned top of the hour, late spring, early winter. That's not so fun, and this is going to last for a couple days, huh? No, the uh, well, yeah, the calendar says November. Uh, the weather maps continue to say January. We've got a one-two punch. we got the snow today and the cold air, which is 
already starting to trickle into the north and northwest suburbs. Uh, that'll be with us uh, tonight and tomorrow. In fact, uh, we're looking at record cold tonight and tomorrow. Uh, it's not going to last, though, Steve. It looks like eventually, once we get past the weekend, uh, we'll start to get into a more normal weather pattern. So this is hopefully just going to be a temporary blip. What What is normal this time of year? Uh, around 50 degrees. So 50 or a little bit <laughs> wow. higher. Yeah, and wow. uh, we're not going to, we'll be lucky if we make it to 20 tomorrow. That's special, isn't it? It's it's just nuts, yeah. Um, The 3 to 6, you still like that number for accumulation? North, north. The 3 to 6 inches north. north, uh, Especially, uh, well, uh, from the north side of the city, north and west, uh, into Kane and northern DuPage County, Lake and McHenry County, uh, 3 to 6 inches up in that direction, and 1 to 3 south, uh, across uh, the south and southwest suburbs into northwest Indiana. And the city's kind of a wild card because we'll see some lake involvement later on today, uh, this morning, and that could send some birds of snow that could push totals in the city to around three to four inches of snow but uh, it's not a huge snow but considering the time of year it, it is certainly uh, somewhat unprecedented and uh, the conditions are by far in our way worse over the northern suburbs and northwest suburbs you know it's only 20 degrees right now in lincolnshire 20 in fox lake 17 in lake geneva but it's 34 in kankakee and uh, 34 also in valparaiso so we got a wide variety of conditions this morning across the area so if you want to go somewhere tropical go to kankakee it's 34 well, for a while yeah you got a couple more hours before the temperatures crash there nice. too so uh yeah it's it's just not going to be a pretty couple of days here in chicago but uh there is some light at the end of the tunnel i think we'll break out of this pattern uh, by after next weekend we have still some 40s down the road that's about the best news i'm looking for something i'm grasping anything yeah, listen. Right now. yeah take what you can and uh and, and it looks like we'll get back to a normal weather pattern once we get past the weekend so we got more 40s coming and we'll melt this snow eventually but uh this week is, is going to be a uh, rough ride mike hammernick at channel nine in the uh channel nine weather center the tom skilling weather center uh tom is always watching over that and uh good luck this morning we'll check back in with you when you have time all right thanks steve thanks that's uh, mike and uh, you know who you are as we continue good morning to you g good morning um we're doing this text question g today where i'm asking listeners to tell us who they'd like to remember oh yes on veterans day very important. 847, I'd like to honor my husband, Mike Smogor, S-M-O-G-O-R. Again, if I've got a name that people have mispronounced in the past, count on me mispronouncing it and just give me help on the pronunciation. Uh, Mike is U.S. Army 101st Airborne in Vietnam. Also the members of the VFW Post 981 in Arlington Heights, where he's a commander. Thank you, Mike, for your service. Uh, 608, shout out to my grandpa, Dwayne Duhigg. BM3 USN, 48 to 55 in Korea, served on the USS Abnaki. 708, I'd like to honor Lieutenant Colonel Walter Sega of the Marines. Served in World War II in the Pacific Campaign. Passed away in November of 06. We love you, Grandpa, and we miss you every day. Sweet start. So, there you go. Keep them coming. 312-981-7200. And Dave, the Hawks won last night mm-hmm. and had a, a first period that just made you feel good about uh, the Hawks because you went, now this is the team I know and love. They just dominated. And uh, the second period, both teams sort of just uh, stared at each other like a couple of people across the nightclub trying to figure out if they're going to hit on each other. <laughs> Which is okay when you're leading 4-1. to one. Yep. And then the third period was bananas. And Dave, when I say bananas, I mean B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yes. All caps. Yes. Uh, the Hawks did a very nice thing, by the way, for Veterans Day. They had 19 Purple Heart recipients I saw that. Yeah. Uh, standing on the ice um, and then followed that up with the Blackhawk Regiment, United States Army. Live from the other side of the world as their families were on the ice and didn't know their video messages were coming to them. 
So that's pretty cool. cool. Very cool. But they, you know, the Hawks are so good at family and so good at at uh, doing the right thing. Uh, it wasn't a surprise, but it was a nice touch. I mean, you know what a rock I am. I'm sitting in the, the, the oh, United yeah. Center last night, quivering lip. Balling. That wasn't balling, but, you know, it was an emotional thing. It was nice. So, uh, everybody had a nice weekend, I hope? Yes. Well, it sounded tentative. <laughs> well, it was, kind of. Well, Northwestern football uh, lost yeah. a tough one and uh, thought we had it, then we didn't. Yeah. How about hoops? I uh, Lost. That was a little ugly Friday night. Guess you should have won that one. Mm-hmm. Other than that, though, you're in a fine mood. I know. I'm I'm in a great mood, there Steve. I have no, <laughs> you know, I have no control over the outcome of those events. Nope. All you can do is call them. That's right. That's it. Uh, Jay, how are you today? I'm fantastic. All right, good. And we got the Kleppen and the DeSalvo covering for uh, yes. a couple of deadbeats who didn't show up. Aww. <laughs> uh, I think that Grizanich wanted to be here today, but it's uh, it's Veterans Day. Yeah, it is Veterans Day. Is there anybody you want to remember, or would you just like me to continue with the uh, remembering all the listeners and, and saluting them? Well, first, I, I definitely want to give a big shout-out to somebody who isn't here but typically is, and that's Vic Vaughn. He is our resident veteran here at WGN yes, Radio. Yes, So uh, I hope that he enjoys his time off, and he's sleeping right now, and listening to us but also well, my grandfather it. oh well there you go what's your grandfather's name uh my grandpa bob Azeline. uh god rest his soul but um he served after world war ii in germany okay thanks for that how about you clapping don Kleppen's here howdy uh yeah i'd like to remember my grandpa too uh donald lyon he uh flew flew for the air force after world war ii as well i'm not sure if it was up to vietnam but it was somewhere in there yeah well that means you didn't listen enough when he was telling stories <laughs> i did not no yeah. but yeah actually those guys that's we talked about that a bunch those guys didn't tell all the stories they just did it mm-hmm. they just served the country that's it g yeah they right served on. they weren't looking for any big they high fives no and pats praise. on the fanny they did it because it was their duty because they're americans you Absolutely. make a great point though about stories like ask about stories oh, i really wish i would have asked my grandparents more no, nah, no question. And uh, as your, uh, your your older folks and your family get older, see if you can commit them. Just sit down with your phone. Just you know, record them on your phone. Yes. Just telling stories about your family. It's a great thing to uh, have for the future that you can pass on when they're gone. Hab's coming up later. Ryan Nobles is coming up later. We'll get to Dr. Kevin Most in a few minutes. Uh, Super Joe, help me out with timing here. What time am I, uh, uh, am I wrapping up my in- insightful comments? Yeah, we're looking to talk for another two and a half minutes here. All right, got it. Uh, also, uh, over the weekend, I played my final nine holes of golf. It's always a you know a, a ceremonial thing at the end of the year. I went out and froze my tuchus off. It was forty five degrees and windy, and uh, got to the uh, last hole and stood around and went. Soon this will all be gone. And you know, <laughs> yeah. twenty four hours it started to to go. Normally, golfers, you know this. Normally, we get at least mid November. Sometimes the end of November. Yeah. A few years ago, Dave, I remember playing on Christmas. I, I I know that. I mean, people have regularly played on Thanksgiving. So uh, I thought forty five was your minimum threshold. Actually, fifty. But since I knew we weren't <laughs> going to survive, I went out and toughed it out. Now, do you have to do something special to the golf clubs when you no. pick them away for winter? No, but I put like, on do you have a... to wrap them up in little oh, sweaters. Uh, for the yeah, like little sweater <laughs> yeah. socks to cover up the the heads of the golf clubs. No. Make sure they're no, nice just, and snug and warm. During I just the winter talk time. to them and I check on them. <laughs> I thought you had those little, you know, the heaters like in college. You'd stick them in a. Uh, a cup of oh, soup and oh, you know, like plug a towel in. warmer, yeah, yeah, something like that to keep them warm and My snug. My goodness, yeah, because you can't take the individual hand warmers because they run out in two or three hours. You know, you got to make sure that they're warm and comfortable. But anyway, golfers, I feel your pain. We should be on the golf course, but we won't be. And for everybody else who would like to do something outside today, don't, don't do it. 
because it's going to be sloppy and ugly. And honestly, we're at start roads and where we started. And that is, if you have to get to work this morning, <laughs> leave now. <laughs> you left earlier today? Uh, yeah, I left early? I left right like after the game last night. Three o'clock this morning? I was at the game last <laughs> night, and I said, you know what? I'm just going to go to work. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, this day will be tougher in travel than tomorrow, but tomorrow will be much colder. So I hope that catches you up to date on everything. Uh, and news from around the country looks like this. We got uh, public impeachment hearings coming up on Wednesday. And for only the third time in history, and in addition to that, Nikki Haley has a book out. So nice timing on a book release. I did see her do a couple of interviews. So Ryan Nobles, I have more on that uh, coming up a little later on. 312-981-7200 is the number. Tell us about a vet you'll love, a vet on Veterans Day, who you'd like to have publicly uh, acknowledged and uh, remembered here. Um, and Dave, uh, you got somebody uh, I should mention? I'll mention Ralph Cochran, my father. So, Ralph yeah. Cochran. Yeah. I mean, well, my dad's a veteran. There you go. Yeah. And uh, hi, thanks to both our dads. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Uh, we're taking a break. Yes. Doctor. 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 And doctor. Well, we miss anyone? He's Northwestern Medicine BP. Call Dr. Most right now. Dr. Kevin Most. Not only a pal, not only a great guy. But sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. And, Doc, I know wherever you go, whether it's out to dinner, maybe to the Jewel, whenever you walk in, there's always somebody to say, oh, look, it's Kevin Moe, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. That's like your calling card. That's your intro. That, that is. You know, I walk around the hospital, I have to stop because people say that, and it, it really slows down my day, to be honest with you. we got a lot to talk about in regards to this early winter hitting. Is it more dangerous for our heart? Oh, absolutely. You know, a, a couple things here with the heart. In one, you know, the snow today obviously is kind of light and it's not going to accumulate too much. But we have to start to realize that we are going to start to see more snow here. And be we need people to be very careful about when they start shoveling snow. You know, we don't even think about that in November usually. But that heavy snow that we could get at this time of the year, which hopefully we'll talk about when it happens. But we need to be really careful there. And then just the overall for the next couple months, we really need to be careful about our heart and what we do. So when we come back, we'll talk about a bunch of other things, vitamins and and asthma and infections and stuff like that there. This is not going to be the heavy heart attack, snow shoveling thing. But let's do it for the first time uh, for the 48 times we'll do it over the course of the winter. If you can have someone else shovel your snow, especially if you have any health issues at all this winter, do it. Don't be a hero. Yeah, you know, and, and at this time of the year, we start to put on weight, and when we put on a little bit of weight, our blood pressure goes up, and when we're shoveling snow with the high blood pressure, that's you know leads to disasters. Those, those are problems for us. So the worst thing you could possibly do is have a giant bag of uh, potato chips and then go out and shovel snow? Absolutely. You know, people, um, we really don't think about our diet too much during the winter, although it changes dramatically from the summer. And uh, the foods that we eat really, like you said, a bag of potato chips is not unusual to sit down. And salt's the enemy. Think think about the salt in there. Think about the fats in there. You know, those are all bad for not only our our, uh, cholesterol, but also for our blood pressure and also for our weight. So you have this triple whammy in the winter of decreased uh, activity along with the increased weight, blood pressure, uh, and cholesterol. 
All right, Doc, stand by. We'll come back and do all of those things in a moment. More with Dr. Kevin Moss coming up. Before we move on, though, let me uh, salute a couple more veterans on this Veterans Day. At uh, 312-981-7200. Steve, please honor my uncle Frank Rodriguez, 10 First Airborne, member of the Screaming Eagles during Vietnam. Great man. That's from our friend Margaret in uh, Bridgeport. And I'd like to honor my dad, Calvin Coolidge Cook. How good a name is that? Wow. Uh, Marine of World War II, passed away in 1997. Great man. Never really spoke of what he saw over there like so many others. Uh, I'd like to honor my father. This is from the 630, David Peters, who served in the Navy. And my father-in-law, Melvin Walsh, who was a Marine. Semper Fi. 708, please honor and remember my dad, John Roll Sr., served in World War II in the U.S. Army in Germany, passed away in 96. He's missed every day. 773, my dad, World War II, Okinawa, several uncles, World War II, and me, United States Air Force, 68 to 76 in the Philippines at the end of the Vietnam War as well. All of those, thank you for all you do and all you've done and all your relatives, your dads, your uncles, whomever, did to protect us as well. Again, include the name if you want. If you don't want to include a name, that's fine as well. All right, we'll take a break, come back, and uh, we'll get you Dr. Kevin Most coming up in a second. Dr. Kevin Most, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. All right, Doc, let's continue with this. We know we need to exercise. We know we need to move more. We know we need to get uh, you know uh, uh, the right diet going. All that yep. seems to be common sense, but we need to be more diligent about practicing it when uh, the notion is sit around because it's dark at 5 o'clock and eat that bag of potato chips. Uh, There's a horrible story that popped up this weekend, and this goes with cold weather as well, though it wasn't the case. But this little girl, G, in New York, this Broadway star? Yeah, she's... Yeah, Laurel Griggs. Yeah, 13 years old, um, died. She suffered an asthma attack and uh, then uh, within two hours went into cardiac arrest and died. And she's been suffering from asthma for about two years, according to her father. Those sort of severe things got to be rare, don't they, Doc? Because the parents seem to be very diligent about watching her. Yeah, yeah, they are. And, you know, it's kind of ironic that we wrote this and then this happened. But um, asthma at this time of the year is something that we really don't think about, but it is very important. So asthma, constriction of the airway that decreases the amount of oxygen that gets into our lungs. Um, most people right now who have asthma are treated by a pulmonologist or by their family doctor or internist, and they're put on medications that try to keep the inflammation down. But we have what we call rescue inhalers so that when something bad happens, when we get an infection, when we're exposed to something that causes the asthma attack to occur, we use what we call a rescue inhaler. And what that is is it's an inhaler that opens up the airways quickly. My big point to people with asthma over the winter is most people use a rescue inhaler maybe one or two times a month because their asthma is under good control. So what happens is they forget to bring that rescue inhaler or that rescue inhaler expired. You know, so the big message now is, you know, check that rescue inhaler. Make sure you have it with you because tomorrow when you walk out and it's windchill of 10 below, your airway is going to get inflamed. It's going to cause spasm. And in case you don't have the good control of your asthma, you're going to want to have that rescue inhaler. Yeah, literally a matter of life and death. So have it around. It's more than just being uncomfortable. And as you said, make sure it is up to date. Yeah. Um, what about vitamins? Vitamins important this time of year? Yeah, you know, you know, we get vitamin D in the summer all the time, 
right? You don't even take any medication, but you get plenty of vitamin D. And people look at me like, what are you talking about? Well, all we need really is sunlight, sunlight hitting skin, and we make our own vitamin D in the body. Well, when we don't have any exposure to sunlight, we decrease the amount of vitamin D that is made. So I always tell people at the time change, start to take 200 2,000 international units of vitamin D every day. And vitamin D is really important. People say, yeah, I know it's important for, you know, to uh, keep my bones strong. And, but it also has other benefits. You know, it really helps with cognition, especially in seniors, um, decreases our chance of depression, decreases our chance of diabetes. So that's a vitamin that we really need to take and supplement. The other thing we really have to be careful for is tell people to take a multivitamin. The chance of having more fresh fruit, more fresh vegetables decreases during the winter because the, they're not as plentiful and prices go up. So people decrease that amount. And when they do that, they're losing other very important vitamins that can be fulfilled with just taking a good multivitamin every day. Um, you mentioned infections. You know, we get all snotty and runny nose and and uh, nasty this time of year. And then, of course, you have the flu as a problem. The worst thing you can do is uh, go to Thanksgiving dinner and infect everybody. Yep. We're two weeks away, two and a half weeks, maybe three weeks, I guess, from Thursday. Uh, we still have time, right? But get that flu shot. Yeah, get the flu shot now, because like you said, we're three weeks away from Thanksgiving. We have so much national and international travel at Thanksgiving, people coming in for the holiday. So one of the big things we really need to do is make sure you're covered by that time. Not only, you know, we've had outbreaks of flu different parts of the country. Well, now with internet, it, excuse me, with national travel, people coming to see you. Influenza can now stretch across the entire country quickly. So get your protection now. And the other thing you said, too, just about viruses. You know, it was great when Viv called this morning because her voice today versus her voice last Monday was night and day different. You know, she had a bad cold. I don't know how long it lasted, but it's nice at day seven that she certainly sounds a lot better. But this is one of those other things. We have a lot of viruses that run around at this time of the year. Um, and uh, the seasonal affective disorder disorder, uh, which, you know, we used to joke about all the time. Like, oh, you don't get enough sunlight. Sit under a lamp. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. It is a big deal. You know, we all get winter depression. You know, who couldn't have winter depression this morning when you wake up and it's dark and there's snow on the ground and you know we're going to have record colds tomorrow. So we do know that all of us get a little bit of winter depression. But... Winter depression is normal, but it's not normal if you have it every day. So those individuals have something called seasonal affective disorder. You know, they they have a change in appetite. They they have weight gain. They have decreased energy. They oversleep. They can't concentrate. But these are things that happen every day, not just every so often. Those are the individuals who have seasonal, seasonal affective disorder and should get in to talk to their doctor because there is treatment with light box therapy as well as antidepressants. And they'll also do some dietary changes as well. Doc, as usual, you're fabulous. What's the main thing you want people to take away from this today? You know, I would say probably two big things. One is watch your weight this winter. You know, it's much easier to uh, keep weight off than it is to lose weight. So be aware of what you're eating. Try to exercise as much as you can. I know it's difficult, so going up and down the stairs a couple of times. And then just be really careful about infections because, you know, influenza is no fun, but viruses are no fun as well. And uh, those are probably the big messages right now. And go get your flu shot. If you have go get your flu shot for sure. 
I've had four or five. Is that too many? <laughs> Not yet. You You're might, still good. You might yeah. have overdone it. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting extras. By the way, Dave Ennett hasn't had his yet. Dave, you no. want Doc to come by because he's not busy, really. You know, he's running two hospitals, but uh, he can come by. And uh, I don't know if you do like a reverse drive-through where Dave just stands on the sidewalk. You roll up and pop him. Yeah, I, I mean, should. I feel down. bad that Dave wasn't there. I feel bad when we came down that Dave was with the Wildcats, I think, right, in right. somewhere, Iowa, right. maybe. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right. Well, I'll come down. Uh, if you drive by, I'll just come downstairs and meet yeah. you, like, in front of the building. And the gun show will be on as he holds out his arm right. <laughs> in the snow. <laughs> uh, thank you, my friend. You got it. We'll talk to you guys soon. Dr. Kevin Moe, sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Uh, you know, we work with and, and promote and plug and talk about several military charities here on the show. Um, it means a lot to me, and I appreciate the support you give those. Of course, one is Rags of Honor. Yesterday, they had their jump for vets, where they had jump roping galore. Just an hour, 90 minutes of jump roping. They raised a bunch of money. Kevin Powell was out there. But even though you may have missed the jump for vets, go to ragsofhonor.org. You can make a donation, and all the money goes to fund a new medical procedure that I don't begin to understand, but has as much as an 88% effective rate in fighting PTSD, which is absolutely crippling. We know that 22 vets a day still take their lives. It's just an outrageous number. And this procedure uh, is actually a block of sorts that can help block those darkness days and those feelings that lead to depression, that lead to the ultimate bad choice. Anyway, uh, we want you to do what you can, and if you can, we hope you'll donate. Ragsofhonor.org, and help out. Again, all the money goes in specifics for that. Uh, what's finding out to be an extremely, extremely successful medical procedure. Uh, the texts continue to come in about your dad, my dad, your mom, my mom, everybody is serving for... Uh, Veterans Day that you'd like to see recognized. I'd like to honor my father, Ralph Ladke, Pearl Harbor survivor, career naval officer. It's our first Veterans Day without him. We love him and miss him. That's from Martha Brennan. 847, remembering my dad, Everett Lucas, served in World War II and 101st Airborne. 260, let's honor Len Kuhlman from Indiana, Marine commander with two tours of Afghanistan. 630, I'd like to honor Brian Loeffler, served in Afghanistan in 09 and 10 in Operation Enduring Freedom. Uh, Gene writes, my dad, Richard Miller, served in the Marine Corps from 54 to uh, 57. A couple more here. My father, Fred Beck, served in the Army in World War II, the 29th Infantry. Passed away about two years ago. Miss him every day. 708, when it comes to stories of veterans, I was the only person my grandfather told about his times in World War II. He never said anything to my mom, my uncle, my grandmother, nobody but me. I couldn't be more honored. 217, I'm honoring two of my nephews, served in Iraq, the first with Saddam, the second after Osama, and also my four uncles and father who served in World War II, uh, one of whom died at Pearl Harbor. And 309, I'd like to honor my 87-year-old father, Korean War vet, Harry Olofsson, who lives in Manlius. Uh, uh, Thank you, all of you, for your service on this Veterans Day. Gee, good news. Dan Hampton's coming up. Woohoo! Right. And uh, you should have heard them yesterday after a win. Nothing but puppies and rainbows. Uh, maybe not. Uh, we'll get Ham's take on the Bears in a bit on 720 WGN. The poor fans up in the stands paying hundreds of dollars for tickets, hot dogs, and bad parking. And at the end of the day, these bums go out there, flop around, three and out, and Detroit goes right down our address to the three-yard line. Thankfully, we force them into a, a you know a high throw in the end zone, and they have to kick a field goal. An animal! Dan Hampton. Dan Hampton. 
Anchor's a young Bears defense. It's time for Dan Hampton. Sponsored by Chevy Drive, Chicago.com. Uh, Ham, I want to salute everybody on this show. Unlike the Bears, we prepare. And uh, everybody on the show working on new scheduling this morning on the show is doing a great job. So thank you for that. We'll do a quickie setup here, and we'll come back and talk more. But I didn't see anything yesterday that makes me overly confident about the Rams game, Ham. No. And, you're, hey, you're, okay, a win is a win. Absolutely. And they matter. But the last time I seen a game like that, that we won, I didn't know why they put up police tape around the field at the end of it. <laughs> there, was a, there was some funky stuff going on. End of the day, you, you know, we'll take them any way we can get them. But we better – play a lot better game the rams have got you know have got themselves in a jam uh a team that was in the super bowl a year ago they're stumbling around they're going to be looking for a win and desperation too uh dave say hi to our friend ham hey ham uh there are a couple things that give me one here okay yeah i'll give you one third downs two of 12 still a problem Mm -hmm. so how do you fix that no you don't get into uh such Young, uh, long yardage situations. You know, this offense—it's it, herky jerky at best, and, and 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 you know, two steps forward, one step back. It's—it's uh, it's really a problem when you look uh, at what the the, uh, the Lions were able to do. They were like what forty-seven percent on third down. I mean, they looked like uh, the Patriots, and sooner or later, all that catches up with you because you know, third down, most important down in football. But what sets up third down is first down. We're just we're just not a very efficient team right now, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know the last two drives of the game, the Detroit Lions were basically nine man fronts, saying we're not going to let you run and run the clock out. You're going to have to throw it. We <laughs> we refuse to even attempt a throw. So you know it doesn't take long for everybody to figure out what's going on. They don't trust this quarterback, so you know a lot of that has to be it has to be rectified. If you if you don't, it's just going to get worse as you go down the road. Packers and Vikings both won, by the way, so that doesn't help. We'll come back more with Hamp coming up. Sponsored by Chevy Drive Chicago dot com. Back with Dan Hampton, the Hall of Famer. Sponsored by Chevy Drive Chicago dot com. There's a, 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 a common sense. I don't know what common sense. There's a, a consensus, I suppose, a wisdom, if you will, in the national football coverage that says, much like a baseball pitcher who's really good the first time around, and then you get a sense of what he can throw. Uh, everybody has got Matt Nagy's number now. They've seen what he does. They've seen the plays he calls. Trubisky can't do the basic stuff. You believe in all that or not? Well, there's, there's got to be some truth involved in, in that line of reasoning. Let me just say this. You know, last year we didn't know what to expect. And on the on the – on the, riding on the back of an amazingly good defense. It was a very good defense a year ago. And the offense did enough on those short field opportunities where, you know, the defense was able to give them the ball in good spots. And, and, and okay, we scored some points, and we found a way to win. And everybody, uh, you know, it, it was kind of a trouble-free uh, environment. And, and nobody really got all stressed out. Well, you know, and I know, if you go 12 and 4, everybody is looking at you coming up this year. And so, 
over the offseason. Sure, they spent a lot of time uh, breaking down not only the defense, and you can tell the defense is being exploited in different ways and in different manners, but same thing with the offense. Now, one thing I have noticed about Nagy is we got into the I formation and had great success two weeks ago against the uh, San Diego, uh, L.A. Chargers. Now, so much of the time, we would have success, and then we would stop going to that that gave us, you know, success, and everybody's going, wait a minute. You've got to, you know, why are you leaving, uh, you know, this offensive uh, set and, and and these plays that have given us, you know, you know, uh, big chunks of yardage and first downs and, and got us in position to score? And his answer was, hey, everybody is always like, you know, uh, uh, you know, adjusting during the game. It's not just, you know, game to game. It's almost series to series. And so it's almost like in a proactive way, he's trying to outsmart himself by changing before the defense even has a chance to even try to change. And a lot of this is, it, it, it's, it gets maddening. You know, and I know you, you uh, you've seen the Bears when they put Trubisky back under center. And they were in the offset eye with Holtz at, at fullback, and it, it, they were able to to really get some good stuff going. And then, all for no reason, we go back to the shotgun and do some different things that blow up in our face. So, yeah, there's there's yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth to it, but a lot of that is self inflicted. We've got to we've got to stop, you know, trying to jump off uh, of what we're doing so fast. Make them stop us, not us stop ourselves. Dan, what about the uh, the flip on the offensive line with White Hair and Daniels? Mm. You know, I, I, why and and why now? I mean, it's it's strange when you uh, when you see a team try to do something like this. You know, I, I thought the long term plan was Daniels at center where he played in college, and White Hair guard where he played in college, and. Okay, now we're going to go back. The only thing I could think of is <clears throat> there was, you know, a lot of uh, consternation between the quarterback and the center, being James Daniel, about the different calls and protection pickups. Not only that, but who are we playing this week? We're playing the the you know last year's defensive player of the year, right, Aaron Donald, who James Daniel was playing guard last year when we did a great job and basically, you know, neutralized him throughout the game. Is that part of the reason? I don't know. The whole thing was kind of weird. And, uh, you know, there was a couple of really low snaps. Even Dan Fouts, who was doing the color yesterday, said, hey, we were watching it practice uh, Saturday inside, uh, you know, the, the Walter Payton Center. And he rolled three or four of them back there. So, you know, I think you're flirting with, with – uh, disaster, especially if you get a really good pass rusher and you put him on the nose, now Cody Whitehair is really going to struggle. Because those things you have to work out for hours and hours and days and, and weeks in training camp just to make a, a switch and have a couple of 20-play practices, I think you're poking uh, the tiger in the cage. I, I, I think you're friends with Fouts. I know you know him. And Do you ever get a good lick in on him in a game? Yeah. Yeah, you know he he uh, he was uh, he was an amazingly good quarterback. They had a, a, some offenses that were like five thousand yard uh, producers back when nobody was you know 
doing that. Yeah, Eric Coriel. Oh, but he always, but part of the reason he's a good commentator is he's got a smart mouth, and it was always not, if you got a good one on him, he'd say something funny to you. And uh, I, I like what he said yesterday about Nagy. He goes, as bad as this offense is, Nagy's got you know the, the the play calling sheet up there in front of his mouth, so nobody will you know see what he's calling or <laughs> try to lip read. He says. I don't think it's going to matter one way or the other. <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> this right. This is so bad. <laughs> you know, Hamp has a very unique job, Dave. Uh, yeah. A lot of us post-career, we would meet people we worked with in the past. Oh, remember we had a meeting once in uh, mm-hmm. Daytona. Hamp sees guys he threw on the ground. <laughs> right. Uh, and, uh, and shakes their hands and friends. It's a unique position to be in in life. All right, Hamp, so I've said this uh, even into last year. I think Matt Nagy played a little too much Madden. Uh, there's a little too much too smart for the room, and I think you're saying the same thing. How about some yep. basic football to get it done? Well, you got you got to do what you got to do, and what we're doing most of the time now, it's not working. You know, I was on the sideline yesterday, and you know, we just heard it in the open. I mean, Detroit came out there, we didn't have an answer on offense or defense, and that's a team playing without its certified superstar, and their their running back of choice is out. And yet, they gave us, you look at the stats, they 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 were a lot more productive than we were. We just, you know, you, you got to stand up and tip your cap to uh, Trubisky. He made a number of really good throws yep. right there at the end of the half and the beginning of the second half. We got, we got some points, and then we couldn't do anything. You know, the last five drives, we had four three and outs. That's when you have to basically, you know, take the air out of the ball, smother them and run the ball, and are, are just, you know, short, efficient passes. But you've got to keep the ball in possession and move the chains and run the clock, and we couldn't do it. And that's the 31st defense in football. There's not many worse, okay, like one. So, again, your point about him trying to be too clever, too smart, it always comes back to bite you, and we're starting to see that. You know, get in the eye, especially against the Rams. Rams, The Rams' defense is built to rush the passer because they always expected to have a lead because they got a great offense. Make them have to stop the run. If we do, we got a great chance of going in there and stealing a win. If we don't, we're going to fall in the trap. Uh, Dave Ennett, we got a minute here, but what else you got? Last word for him. Well, I, I we kind of touched on this a little bit with the offensive line, but but uh, five sacks yesterday by the Lions, and the Lions are not one of the NFL's most feared defensive units. Um, you know, sometimes when you have a sack, it's on the quarterback. Sometimes it's on the offensive line. Sometimes it's somebody didn't pick up the protection they were supposed to, but. I mean, going against the Rams, that's a little frightening. It is. And three of the five yesterday, you hang on on the quarterback. He's got to see the blitz. He's got to make adjustments. He's got to get the ball out. For whatever reason, we're you know we're sitting there screaming, what are you looking at? What if, can't you see that, that nickelback roll up and come off the edge? It's almost, you know... It's like a, a dog in the freeway. You just you, you see it coming, and you're like, "Oh no, we've got." He's got, and, and again, the offensive line wasn't their their finest hour. But three of the five you put on the quarterback, he can't. He cannot continue to do that. 
It's the great Dan Hampton, the Hall of Famer, sponsored by ChevyDriveChicago.com. And uh, listen, I thought OB sounded calm and cool and collected. <laughs> really? <yesterday>. He was. <laughs> yeah, was and, really, and, and that's starting to, to bother me when he's the calm one and I'm the one. <laughs> to, you know, jump out the window. Uh, thank- but a win to win. Go Bears. Thank you, buddy. At uh, 738. Blackhawks win last night. Looked great in the process. Well, at least for the first period. Second period wasn't bad. And they look great in the third period. It's just too many shots. Yeah, they, they looked good for much of the game against Pittsburgh on Saturday night. Right. And gave up a uh, two-goal lead there. So, headed in the right direction. One game short of 500. Look out, rest of the league. Here come the Hawks. Well, you know what they're doing now, though, is they're winning some games at home, mm-hmm. which is something that... They, they really need to. They had that long homestand, Steve. Remember to start the year seven in a row at home. Yep. And it, it was so-so. I right. mean, they were, I think, a little below 500. So this is much better. Part of this is previously we could blame my daughter, Amy Cochran, because she had been in the house for two losses. One, she went all the way to uh, to uh, uh, the Czech Republic for. <laughs> uh, but last night she got a win. Oh. So she's one, one, and one. You went to we're the game together? Two, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, then she needs to be at the next home game. Yeah, much She liked the Hawks. Is one game below 500. <laughs> uh, but, uh, and good morning, Amy. Um, all right, so we've got a bunch of uh, veterans to get to. Before we get to that, let's do those Hawks tickets and do the seventh caller, 312-981-7200. I have a pair of tickets to see the Hawks play the Buffalo Sabres this Sunday. If you're a big Sabres fan, like our friend Ryan Nobles coming up here in a few minutes, uh, you will need to get to this game, unless you want to swing by Buffalo. It's the only time Buffalo is in all year. Well, we have their weather. We do have a little Buffalo going outside our window. You should see the view from 18 floors up as we can. (laughs) Uh, This is all courtesy of Four Seasons Heating, Air Conditioning, and Plumbing. For all the right reasons, Four Seasons. You can find them online at fourseasonsheatingcooling.com. A man named Ro Khan and a woman named Anna DeVlantis are giving away another pair of tickets this afternoon. So tune in every Monday for tickets in the morning, tickets in the afternoon, tickets all the time. Um, and uh, 312-981-7200 is the number to keep those texts coming in. Uh, let's do a, a couple of these before we get back to a forecast update and a traffic update and all of that. From the 847, remembering grandfathers John McMahon and Carl Froberg served in World War One, and Father Roger Froberg, who served in the CBs in the South Pacific in World War Two. From 630, would like to honor our veteran son, Ryan Wiley, U.S. Coast Guard. 708, Dwight Snow, Navy, buried at Abraham National Ceremony, R.I.P. Daddy. 847, it's uh, Private First Class George Martin Weber, World War II, USS Sea Robin. And 815, my father-in-law, John Trainer passed in March of 2005, or uh, 2000, I guess. Bronze Star from World War II, uh, Army vet, radio operator, uh, Battle of Normandy, Battle of the Bulge, and many other. AMVET's lifelong member, that is a real man right there. Wow. Uh, what do you have, G? From the 312, I'd like to honor my dad, Richard Carzoli, Army 1st Cavalry Division 2, tours in Vietnam. We lost him a couple of years ago and miss him every day. And uh, coming up, I'll talk to you again about one of the veterans' charities we support on this show uh, that is fronted by our guy, John Borling, General John Borling, true American hero. And invite you again to always look at his column, The Third Degree. You folks in Rockford, you see it in the paper. You can see it online. If you Google up John Borling in The Third Degree, it's great. And it includes questions on, uh, you know, uh, stuff to uh, kind of be thought starters, if you will, on various issues. And uh, yesterday's column was about Veterans Day. 
All right, so let's do this. We're going to break for the weather. We're going to come back, and then we're going to talk about uh, live impeachment hearings and other things with Ryan Nobles from CNN. This is a very busy news week. Ryan Nobles joins us now. Hello, buddy. Hey, good morning, Steve. How are you guys? We're doing fine. Sorry about your bills, but uh, we don't have time to talk about football. we got too many other things going on. Uh, I'd rather not anyway. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So uh, on Wednesday, we will have impeachment hearings, live impeachment hearings. Uh, a lot of people around the country are trying to decide on snacks for their watch party. <laughs> um, you know, a lot of people tune in just for the commercials to see which commercials are going to be the cool ones. Uh, the Republican strategy seems to be, and I'd be curious to see what the people you're talking to about this, but seems to be, yeah, he did it, but it's not so bad. Am I misstating that? No, I think you're 100% right, Steve. It's a combination of, yes, this is what the president did, but it's within his purview as president of the United States uh, to look into corruption wherever it may be. And in this case, President Trump thought it happened in Ukraine. And then in addition to that, you know, kind of trying to undo the principal argument that the Democrats are putting on the table to also throw just a bunch of stuff at the wall that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with this conversation or this investigation to kind of confuse the American public. Uh, and so, you know, what Donald Trump is better at than anyone, it goes back to make America great again. It goes back to no collusion, no obstruction, total exoneration. He's good at throwing a ton of information at the, the wall, so to speak. And then it, from his mouth, a very clear, uh, very specific statement of, uh, you know, whatever it is that he's trying to get across. And his supporters in particular only hear him and they see all this other stuff and it's, it's confusing and it's hard to, to muddle through. They trust him. They say, whatever you say is okay, Mr. President. And so you're all right with me. So I think that's the strategy you're going to see employed here with impeachment. And I number of uh, members of the House who are Republicans who are willing to carry the president's water for him. And you're going to see that uh, take place, you know, live on television here over the course of this week. This reminds me to some extent of the Mueller investigation in that um, conspiracy happens because you considered the conspiracy, not the fact that you were successful in it. In the same way, the way the Constitution is written, scholars seem to be saying again and again and again that the consideration of the fact is the crime in this case, and the consideration of the fact is the problem. It's not whether or not Trump actually kept the money he was supposed to give to Ukraine. It's the notion of the blackmail and the blackmail up front, if in fact it happened. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a pretty clear uh, reading of the Constitution, uh, Steve, and I think it's a pretty clear understanding of what exactly was going on here. I mean, this is what, you know, it seems like every day there's a new member of the administration that has either testified to one of these House committees or has said through an interview or something along these lines that, yeah, listen, what the president wanted here was to put pressure on Ukraine to investigate Joe Biden. I mean, that, that seems to be a pretty universally accepted statement. And, you know, not only that, but it seemed as though he was going around government channels to make it happen through Rudy Giuliani and some of these other associates that were connected uh, to the situation in Ukraine. So I guess the question that the American people have to make for themselves, and that's part of what this impeachment process is, it's kind of testing what the American people think about this, because impeachment's a political conversation, it's not a legal one, is are you okay with that? I mean, are you okay with the, your president, you know, using the powers of the federal government to, you know, put pressure on a political opponent, which is ultimately what this boils down to. You know, I, the thing I think we always lose sight of is that there was never any evidence that something illegal or inappropriate was going on, specifically with Vice President Joe Biden. Now, you can talk about the ethical and the 
kind of public perception questions about his son having these connections to uh, Ukraine and China, but there's never been any direct link between him and the vice president. And in fact, the vice president was doing what have been in complete counteraction to what his son was doing. So the idea that the president was, you know, holding back this congressionally authorized funding, you know, to kind of go after Joe Biden, I think is the biggest problem here. And then and I think that's what we're going to see disseminated over the next couple of weeks. And the question is, is it enough for the American people to think that it's worthy to go to the next step with President Trump? Well, and again, the people in the middle matter. By the way, it is 358 days until the election next year. And the short-sightedness of all of this seems to be that if you go with the notion that this is okay, and then you move the line and say this is okay, and then that's okay because my president, my Republican president in this case, did it. Well, at some point, a Democrat will be in the White House. So what are you going to say if the Democrat says, well, you guys did it, I can do it too? Well, and there's countless examples of that already, right, Steve? I mean, Republicans, you know, I covered the eight years of the Obama administration pretty closely. Uh, when I was a uh, reporter in Richmond, Virginia, Eric Cantor was the House Majority Leader and one of the biggest critics of President Obama. And the Republicans would, would scream about the way that President Obama was using executive authority to try and get all these things done. You know, Doc is a great example of that. And the Republicans were just so angry that he was basically bypassing the Congress to get all these things done. Well, Donald Trump does that, and Republicans now think it's amazing. And so you could apply that same logic here. You know, I guarantee that if any of the things that President Trump were accused of doing, uh, that if President Obama were accused of something similar, Republicans, the same Republicans defending President Trump, would be screaming from the hilltops. Now, the same can be said about Democrats, vice versa. I mean, this is a political game. There's no question about that. But you're 100% right. This is the concern I think all Americans should have about the way the president's conducting himself in office. Is it appropriate, and what could it mean going down the road? Uh, I think that that's one of the big questions that will be answered through this impeachment process. How do the American people feel about the way the president handled this situation? Um, Last word from you, G. Um, So Nikki Haley's making her rounds uh, doing interviews. Uh, You think any uh, repercussions or any the political or public mind will be uh, changed in any way by her interviews? Well, you know, it's interesting. So Nikki Haley's writing a book, right? And a long, there was a long-held belief that Haley probably has designed on the White House, right? And that perhaps maybe she may even be one of this group of people that were in the administration that were looking to undercut President Trump. But it looks as though her book, and we've only got, you know, small excerpts of it at this point, uh, are, are going to defend President Trump and say that there were other members of the administration that were trying to undercut him. But my colleague Jim Shuto, I thought, had a great point about this. He said, you know, what's more interesting about the fact that Haley was trying to defend President Trump is that she admits that there were these high-level members of the administration, including his chief of staff and defense secretary and secretary of state, that were working to undercut him because they were concerned about President Trump's role in all of this. Uh, you know, you can say what you want about Haley defending or not defending President Trump, but it doesn't. You know, it's pretty clear here that there, these were people that were appointed by President Trump that were concerned about the way he was conducting himself in office. They were Republicans. They were his supporters at one point, and they had a problem with him. And so I, I don't think that should be lost in all of this. It is, I think, pretty clear here, by the way, you see Nikki Haley uh, positioning herself, that she views the Trump wing of the Republican Party as that's going to be a very powerful force in the Republican nominating process going forward, with or without Donald Trump uh, at the top of the ticket. Ryan Nobles, thank you, my friend. We'll see you on CNN. Great. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. 7.55. Got just a couple minutes here, but let's do uh, this. Joe, who won the uh, Blackhawks tickets? Come on, give it up. Who was it? 
That would be our buddy Fred from Montgomery. Fred from Montgomery is going again, courtesy of Four Seasons Heating, uh, Air Conditioning, Cooling, Comforting, a Hug. That's all part of what Four Seasons does. Uh, Gee, give me another couple of uh, uh, good old soldiers here from the list. What do you have? Uh, 312, my fiance, Robert C. Boycourt. Boycourt. First Air Cavalry in Vietnam. Killed in action June 1966 at the age of 20. Rest in peace. Uh. Missed every day. 630, my husband, Roger Budney, served in Vietnam. And my dad, Bruno Wanat, W-A-N-A-T, who served in the Battle of the Bulge in World War II. At from 309, I want to recognize a kid I knew in high school who was KIA. Uh, August, Killed in action. Yep. August 1st, 1968, while with the 1st Cavalry Air Mobile in the same province I was. So I was safe. So we'd like to also thank that person for his service. And on 847, on Veterans Day, I honor my son, Sergeant Nicholas Ballantyne, U.S. Army, Kuwait, and Iraq, home safe and sound, which is uh, every parent's dream when the uh, child you're proud of goes off to serve. One more from you? Yeah, from the 815. Please remember my dad, Corporal John Helm, radio operator, uh, Korean War, a Forgotten War, and my father-in-law, Roscoe Butchko, Navy, gunner's mate in the Pacific World War. Two, miss them both. And 815, one honor of my husband, retired Navy Commander James E. Meeson. Uh, we'll get as many of these as we can throughout the show. 312-981-7200. The Northwestern Medicine Newsroom is where we update everything next. Uh, interesting text here. Uh, women beware in crowds yesterday when the bear win may have been exciting a predator disguised as a fan exiting and feeling up women from behind my son and three other women saw it couldn't believe it there was pushing um one woman's male companion tried to get after him the predator was moving too fast six foot white man age 20 to 30 ish complete coward and uh, ran off uh, my son got in his face i pulled him away and uh, this all comes from ann in uh, lombard i mean it makes sense you're in a crowd Mm-hmm. Protect yourself. Not just your purse and your wallet, but your fanny as well. <laughs> uh, way to put it, Steve. Well, I'm just trying to get to the yeah. point, right? <laughs> Alrighty, 10, let me go to my friend and yours and the people at Tree Time, Dean Richards. Good morning. Hey, buddy. I listened to you yesterday. We had fun. Sounded like you were having a great time. And then I heard you talk about eating bugs. I said, I'm out. I'm done. Oh, they were they were fantastic, though. Were they deep fried? What were they? They were uh, freeze dried, actually. Mm. Yeah, they were like little like little snacks. I know you like your uh, spiders uh, crunchy, right? Is that how it goes? I do. Which is going to be the name of my autobiography, by the way. Crunchy spiders. I love my spiders crunchy. It's a good source of protein. <laughs> that's well. That's how this started. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and then I said, "Wouldn't it be fun if all of us, when we do this big tree time show, what screams Merry Christmas more than eating worm larvae? Really? Were there really worms? Uh, there were worms. There Check, were please. Cri- I'm done. Check crickets. There were grasshoppers. Uh, I had a chocolate-covered grasshopper on the radio once because I was on the radio. Yeah, That's man. The reason I ever did. Yeah, we're crazy on the radio. Yeah, and um, uh, I, I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> ever. Well, it should have just been crispy. Like, it's just pretty crispy it and crunchy. It doesn't make it right. It was, and they were flavored. <laughs> they, these, uh, these, these are dried, and... Some they were sour cream and onion flavored. They were wow. Dean, are barbecue these, flavored. No, no, Dean, are they no. plant based? Because I really like the plant based. Aren't crickets. all bugs <laughs> plant based? <laughs> <laughs> we did, uh, you know, one of our food time segments. You know, because we, we talk about food every week, so we did that with 
We also had uh, turkey testicles. We ate those because there's a big turkey testicle festival that's coming up. Sure. We when, did a show when, there one year. Yeah, Wednesday before yeah, well, Thanksgiving. My, when I played ball, that was my nickname. Yes. Turkey <laughs> testicle? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, <laughs> funny you said ball. The um, <laughs> the uh, We had that, and we had some uh, hag- haggis, you know, Ooh. the traditional Cheap Scottish. Uh, yeah, basically, but but it's mm. like it's like a it's like a roast beef hash. Did your entire staff resign, or was everyone you- except uh, <laughs> what, young Andy Mazer? He's the only one that stayed. Andy, well, I know Andy Mazer is the only one who refused to eat anything. Oh, despite wow. all the guilt wow. and uh, peer pressure wow. I could put on. I him. thought he would wow. do anything for you. Squeamish yeah. Mazer, as I'm now calling yeah. him. Yeah, it turns out no. All right, stick around. Uh, we're coming back, Dean, with all the information you have. Miley Cyrus and Bill Murray and Madonna's up too late and all that. Stand by. Uh, we continue on the Steve Cochran Show. This is show number 1,484. And Dean, I know you had a big bet on 1483. Turns out I couldn't be stopped. It feels like 83. It does kind of, doesn't it? I'm still writing 83 on my checks. <laughs> Time flies. <laughs> All right, so I must have been dreaming this, but you know how you sort of fall asleep and you're kind of in and out of it? I thought I heard somebody say they were suing Madonna because her concert started too late. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, there's a guy in Las Vegas who uh, has had enough of this. I mean, Madonna, for, as long as I can remember, uh, Madonna has been uh, late for her concerts. This isn't, isn't just her the tour that she's on right now. She's always done this. The last time I saw Madonna was in L.A. at the Staples Center probably 15 years ago. And I remember it being late, but not to the point where I considered filing lawsuits, Dean. This seems extra. Well, let me explain. Let, let me explain why, and maybe maybe you'll change your mind. There's this guy named Nate Hollander. Uh-huh. He bought some tickets for a show that was supposed to start at eight thirty. Okay. Uh, then the show got moved back to uh, ten thirty. And she she was even later than that. But she was uh, in traffic. A refund was not offered for this. Yeah. Uh, he says that it was a breach of contract. So he had to get up in the morning. What was his go? Uh, or just well, rudeness? It, or it, it doesn't matter. the The original legal agreement when he bought mm-hmm. the tickets was that the show was supposed to start at eight thirty, and then it was changed. That breached the legal agreement that it was implied by the purchase of tickets. If I was Madonna, I would call this guy and say, I will give you my boob cones from uh, one of those album covers. Remember the cones she used to wear? That would be a nice one, yeah. And I'll give you twice the value of your tickets, and please go away and stop talking. Mm, maybe that, Well, maybe that's all he's looking for is a nice boob cone. <laughs> so, uh, we don't know if a judge is interested in this case yet? That would do the trick for me. Uh, no. The, the Madonna, Live Nation, who is also being sued, the concert promoters, uh, there have been no comments on this very important uh, legal issue which is facing our court system. Has there ever been a show that you've considered suing over? Uh, just because of <laughs> just this the one? attack on my brain. This one only? Is this the one you considered suing over? I felt uh, I, I wanted to sue somebody after I saw that movie playing with fire over the weekend. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Loss of brain cells. There must be some legal... That was a breach of contract. So as far that as bad, huh? Uh, yeah, I was, not, I was not a fan of it. Um, as a critic, have you ever walked out of a movie? I have not as a critic. Before I was critiquing, I walked out of uh, the movie called Ford Fairlane with Andrew <laughs> Dice Clay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got I got about maybe twenty minutes into that, and uh, so this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Oh, 
and walked out. No. Yeah, he's, not, he's not wrong. Hickory dickory dock. Right, exactly. Uh, I would have walked out of uh, basketball. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Basketball, which was done by the uh, South Park guys. Right. And it was a new sport they invented, a combination of baseball and basketball. And uh, my old friend Pat O'Brien was in it. So right. Pat O'Brien knew that he could torture me, and he said, Hey, if you're my friend, you're going to wait until I'm on. Now, it's later in the movie. It was in the credits. Oh. I had to stay for the entire movie. Oh, that's painful. Yeah, that was not nice. That's painful. All right, moving on. Miley Cyrus having an operation on what? She had uh, vocal cord surgery sure. over the uh, weekend. Is she a smoker? Um, She's got that smoker's voice. That raspy does. voice. She yeah. does. I don't know if she is or not. Hmm. Seems like she would smoke. She seems like somebody who would vape. Yeah, she does. It's just it's a bad idea if you're she, singing. She sounds like somebody who would vape while smoking a cigarette. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, my voice, as you know, Dean, is my instrument. So I have my throat bathed in honey for hours after every right. show. Don't you have that spray can? No, I actually have a guy named Serge who sticks a giant cotton swab down my throat and Surge. bathes my throat in honey. Serge, you said. Serge the honey guy. <laughs> she was uh, hospitalized with tonsillitis last month, but uh, doctors noticed there were some separate issues with her vocal cords that required some surgery. So the bad news is that she had to have surgery. She's doing okay. Uh, the good news is I'm I'm just projecting this for people around her. She can't talk for several weeks. Yeah, there you go. It's not a terrible that thing. That may have saved her marriage if she had had that surgery. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Hart's back. Yeah, this is uh, good news. The People's Choice Awards uh, were last night, or as I like to call them, two hours of my life that I'll never get back again. Yeah, do you remember when that was cool? Because I don't. Uh, Well, sort of. In the beginning, sort of. But it's such a controlled awards show now. Just coincidentally, all the people who happen to be in the front row are all the people that what? win. I mean, clearly they. What? But clearly, it's all predetermined ahead of time. Even though they say, "Oh, it's all it's the people's choice," and you're voting. Big night for, for the all front of row. People, for, <laughs> that's exactly what it was. Uh, but Kevin Hart won uh, award for top comedy act of the year. Mm-hmm. It's his first public appearance. Since that terrible car accident that he was in last How'd he walk? Was he walking okay? He was walking perfectly. You would have okay. never known that he was in any sort of accident, but this is what he said. Here's Kevin Hart. Hello. First and foremost, man, thank God, because I definitely don't have to be here. Uh, being that I am, it makes me appreciate life even more. It makes me appreciate the things that really matter. Family. I want to thank my wife, my kids. Uh really stepped up to the plate for me i also want to take the time to thank the people's choice award just for this this is amazing but more importantly the people man you have no idea the effect that you have on us as entertainers your energy your support it means the world and i truly want to thank you guys for being there for me in my difficult time god bless everybody in this room that was very nice. That was very nice, right? Very nice. Yeah, very nice. Uh, also, last night, Avengers Endgame was named uh, the movie of 2019, even though the year's not over yet. Robert Downey Jr. is named male uh, movie star of the year. Zendaya uh, from Superman, uh, Far From Home. She was named uh, movie uh, female uh, movie actor of the year. On the TV side, Stranger Things was named the uh, top television show of the year. Cole Sprouse, who's on the TV show Riverdale, uh, male TV star of the year. 
and Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things was named Female uh, Artist of the Year. They gave out a, a bunch of uh, icon awards as well. Uh, Gwen Stefani was named Fashion Icon of the Year. Um, Pink was named People's Champion of the Year, doing good things for other people. And Jennifer Aniston was named the Icon of the Year. Uh, I thought the most entertaining part of the year, both in Adam Sandler, who presented her, and some of her comments and her acceptance speech. Take a listen. I first met Jen Jen in the San Fernando Valley at a place called Jerry's Deli. 30 years ago while reaching for the same kosher dill pickle. This was before we were both superstar sex symbols and could eat three corned beef sandwiches without worrying about what it did to our glowing skin. As actors, we don't, we don't do this for the critics or for, you know, for each other or to make our families proud. You know, we do this for the money. <laughs> Like finally, an, uh, an actor who's honest. Uh, oh, she was a big winner. She was a big winner. She's now the, the stars. Icon. She's the, an icon. That's what she is. The stars when they act, are they acting when they're excited about a People's Choice Award? Uh, they are acting. They're acting as though they are shocked that uh, they uh, had gotten this award from the people, even though they are clearly in the front row. Clearly, uh, clearly, they're 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 simply uh, you know for ratings purposes. So, a couple of TV notes from me since you asked this "Living with Yourself" show because Jen, Jennifer Aniston reminded me of it because the star of "Living with Yourself" uh, got his start. Um, uh, Paul Rudd yep. on uh, Friends. Yeah, have you watched it? Yeah, I like it. It's just weird. It's weird. It's very weird. I mean, why I binged it? I think weird in a good way. I mean, it's definitely weird, but yeah. I like that it's just so unusual and quirky and so it, it's, it's it's very funny Paul and Rudd. disturbing. Very Paul Rudd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the other thing I've, I've been uh, binging, and I'm late to the party on this, but they've only done a couple seasons. Is the Kaminsky Method? Michael Douglas. Uh, yeah, I love it. I've seen all of that. Right. Yeah. And uh, also a little weird, but highly entertaining. Um, and they apparently have some sort of rule that they have to get uh, a certain number of pee-pee jokes in for every episode. <laughs> because the entire series seems to revolve around the fact that as you get older, you can't go pee-pee like you used to. Is it to. sponsored by a pharmaceutical? You would think, right? <laughs> Flomax? Why wouldn't Flomax sponsor the whole thing? Depends. Does a little animated bladder walk through it? Just don't know. You know, Steve, we ought to think about that for for this uh, show also. Really? Some mandatory pee-pee jokes wouldn't hurt. It's very relatable. Well, I mean, the Kaminsky Method's a big hit. You're making a good point here. Everyone, we should work these in. Everyone pees. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to tell you it's going as well as it used to, but it's really not at 58. <laughs> it's a little more information than we need. But, by the way, at tree time yesterday, there's you know nothing more lovely than, you know, we had a standing room only crowd. It was great. But uh, nothing more lovely than someone coming up and saying, oh, I just wanted to say hello, enjoy your show, moron. Exactly. <laughs> just out of, out of context. Everywhere we go. My favorite thing is are the people around the person who calls you a moron, uh, you know, and they're not in on the joke, and the, all they see is a stranger come up to you and call you a moron. Right. They think, oh, wow. Well, I don't know why they offended you. Fantastic. Well, there's only a few people left who weren't aware. Uh, Neil Young. The only guy in the world who could be in an elevator with Bob Dylan, and you go, well, that guy's the better singer. Uh, <laughs> glad to hear you say that. I'm glad to hear you say that. My skin crawls when I... I'm sorry, I know a lot of you love Neil Young. My skin crawls when he sings. He's awful. 
He's awful. I mean, he's a great musician. Just not. But just stop singing. Just not for me. Anyway, I didn't realize he hadn't gotten his U.S. citizenship. He's a Canadian, but I didn't realize he was. I didn't realize he was Canadian. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's been here in the U.S. as long as I can remember. If you ever interviewed him, his breath smells of Canadian bacon. Oh, That's really? how you can tell. Yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. And maple syrup? <laughs> a little bit of that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, said that he's lived in the U.S. Pretty much since the 1960s, he pays taxes here, and he feels like he should be able to vote in our elections. Mm -hmm. So he wants to get a dual citizenship. He applied for it. Apparently, his uh, past dealings with uh, marijuana Mm -hmm. is uh, holding up the dual citizenship. They have to get that resolved, which is amazing that that's still around since it's becoming legal in more and more places now. Oh, it's all so confusing. That's why on a day like this with the snow falling, I think, it just go home and take a nap. <laughs> Wake up tomorrow, it'll all be better. In this wintry fairyland in which we live. Right, exactly what you said. Uh, and Dean has information on Bill Murray in the next Ghostbusters movie, or maybe the one after that. Thank you, buddy. Yep. So watch him on Channel 9. All right, we have no time here, so let me just say good luck, Pat Sajak, and your intestines. Pat Sajak had a blocked intestine, and Vanna White hosted the show on uh, Friday, apparently will for in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. It was a really big deal because it was the first time mm-hmm. she ever got to host. Didn't that seem weird? Didn't you think yes. she would have done it at some point? I mean, just completely ridiculous. So I'm hoping blocked intestine comes up as a puzzle. When Pat gets back. <laughs> no, uh, but in the meantime, uh, uh, 37 years strong with uh, Pat Sajak and Vanna, and she apparently uh, crushed it on uh, Friday. So good for her. There was no doubt. But the thing I don't understand is after she does the puzzle, does she run back and host some more? Like she hosts and then runs to the board? No. Because I don't know who's flipping the letters. I think they had someone else. She can't do both. Some boy toy? Who are they bringing in? Yeah, it should have been with boy toy. Oh, I'm being told it was Ryan Seacrest. Oh, Yeah, because he's not on that show. <laughs> so. He needs more jobs. I was also busy. Yeah, Joe was tied up. Otherwise, he would have been there. Super Joe turning the letters. Here's the damn letters. Answer the puzzle. Uh, well, we need to break for the weather, don't we? Uh, here with an update on that. Uh, oh, I got a minute here? Well, what could I possibly do at the time? Uh, Jen DeSalvo will join us uh, and update the weather here in a second. If you if you still haven't left for wherever you got to go today, I mean, just tack 30 minutes on. Or just don't go at all. <laughs> it's probably not a bad call. I mean, literally, as we look out the window of the 18th floor here at 303, East Wacker in beautiful downtown Chicago. You can't see beautiful downtown Chicago because it's been white out-ish all morning. Looks like a snow globe that's been uh, shaken up. That we're in. Mm -hmm. On the cameras, you can't see behind Steve or Dave, but behind you, G, it looks like you are in a snow globe. Right. Thank you. I am in my own magical snow globe. (laughs) Yes. It's all very magical. G, before we get back to saluting veterans as we continue to take... Uh, just a stack of text messages from folks who'd like us to recognize the veterans they love and care about. And we're trying to do as many as we can this morning. Um, I can't think of anybody tougher than Clint Eastwood. Yeah. My friend Tom Dreesen told me a long time ago, I said, how is Clint Eastwood still directing at 89? He said he doesn't let the old guy in. I said, what does that mean? He said Eastwood literally told him, he goes, I get up in the morning, I got aches and pains like everybody else. But you know what? I feel those aches and pains. I don't let the old guy in. I, I- get on with it. I think, not that you and Dave are old guys, but I think that's been an inspiring quote for the two of you. You when, both mention it to me a lot. Well, that's for me, because I, I whine less. <laughs> uh, at any rate, the reason I bring up Clint Eastwood is this. Uh, the California wildfires are incredible, and a brush fire covering 34 acres broke out Saturday afternoon above the Warner Brothers studio in Burbank, prompting a mandatory evacuation. It's called the Barham Fire. And according to Los Angeles uh, Fire Department, there have been no civilian injuries, but one male firefighter 
Um, had to be taken to the hospital for treatment. They think he's going to be okay. Uh, but in the meantime, there's a containment goal here uh, or there that uh, is let's make sure things are okay. In the meantime, as well, Clint Eastwood wouldn't leave. They asked Clint Eastwood to leave like they asked everybody to leave. And Clint Eastwood said, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. There's work to do. <laughs> I just That fire? You want me to leave for that fire? Who do you think I am? I'm not leaving for that fire. Didn't dare cross me. I'm Clint Eastwood. So the last word, Clint Eastwood was on the Warner Brothers lot, flipping off the fire that was uh, up on the mountain. It's got to be feel. It's got to feel good to be Clint Eastwood, you right? Can't, you got to know that you've accomplished so much in your life. Speaking of accomplishments, the great General John Borling writes something called the Third Degree, which I invite you to read anytime. It's in many papers around the country. I don't even know if it's in a Chicago paper. I know it's in Rockford. But at any rate, uh, John Borling, uh, I I, I mean, you should check it out. You should read it. Uh, Because what it is, is a very short column. It won't take much of your time. That He posts every week. And if you go to SOSAmerica.org, I would hope it's listed there, but or a link there, but I'm not sure it is. But anyway, yesterday, the post that's up for this week is about Veterans Day. And what he does is he poses questions that you might want to start a conversation about, like... Can you tell me the origins of Veterans Day? And you were telling me off the air it had something to do with a shoe salesman? Yes, a shoe salesman from Emporia, Kansas, by the name of Alvin King, who thought Armistice Day was too limiting, um, and he had lost family in World War II and thought all American veterans of all war should be honored on November 11th. So he basically petitioned. The petition went all the way to President Eisenhower, who liked the idea. So in 1954, Eisenhower formally changed November 11th to Veterans Day. So, it's a cool story. Thanks to Alvin King. Shoe man. Yes. And go to SOSAmerica.org for all things related to service over self. It's a cool idea, and uh, you'll get the full take there. And I am an honorary board member and honored to serve. All right, speaking of serve, this is the important stuff. Let's get to some more of these heroes, as our listeners have asked us to recognize as many as we can. 779, my father, Douglas Hackman, served in Korea as a mechanic. G. 630, I'd like to thank my dad, World War II Army, Guadalcanal, and my mom, who will be 98 in a few weeks. So happy birthday to mom. And uh, she was in the U.S. Marines World War II. Thanks to all who have served. Um, More and more women uh, are being recognized for the uh, service they gave that they never got credit for. So, cool story there. 309, I'd like to honor my father-in-law, James Shaw, served in Vietnam, was awarded the Bronze Star. We lost him six years ago. From the 815, my dad, Harry McLean, World War II Navy gunner, father-in-law, Jack Stilwell, the youngest merchant marine in World War II, and my son, John, who's in the Navy. Uh, 630, all the veterans from Naperville VFW post 3873. Speaking of that, I got a lot of friends there with an organization called Naperville Response for Veterans. And what they do is they go to a veteran's home who's struggling and can't really afford to rehab the house in whatever way is needed. Maybe you need a new roof whatever, and they get it done for free. That's incredible. A lot of good stuff out there. Who else? Uh, From the 630, my dad joined the Navy after Pearl Harbor was attacked. Two of the three destroyers he was on were torpedoed and sank, and then the sharks came. I'm obviously thankful he survived. It's just the stories these folks lived. Uh, 773 Samuel Sosa, World War II, B-24 nose gunner, 42 missions. Thank you for the bravery. Who else? From the 312, I'd like to thank all the veterans who liberated Belgium. They saved my mom and her family. 571, I want to honor my grandfather, Maynard Rowe. He served in the Korean conflict, in quotes, 
was lucky enough to do an honor flight to D.C. to see the memorial just before he passed. And boy, I tell you, I can't say enough good things about honor flight. And there are flying Vietnam vets now in much larger numbers uh, because the time has come to go and see the memorial that was built for you and is about you. I was lucky enough to see World War II vets, not my father, but guys like my father, uh, who was able were able to make it before they were gone. I would have loved to have taken my dad. Mary Vandeville took her dad. Oh, wow. So it's a very special, special thing. And if you can uh, help Honor Flight in any way, I hope you will. Uh, anyway, Maynard Rowe went on to become a field tester engineer at John Deere in Waterloo and Dubuque for 35 years. Thank you to WGN Radio for recognizing all the veterans today. And uh, enjoy listening every day. Please honor Purpled Heart veteran George Kleteka, served in the Battle of the Bulge. Also, please honor Marine Jace Hudson. 630, uh, my dad, Eddie Scanlon, World War II in Italy. Not one, but two Purple Hearts. Wow. Two. And we had 19 Purple Heart recipients on the ice at the United Center last oh, night yeah. for the Hawks game. Great job by the Hawks getting mm-hmm. that together. Uh, from Also from the 630, I'd like to honor my brother, Robert J. Weber, who served in Operation Desert Storm with the Navy. So very proud of all who served. 815, uh, Anne is her name, and Anne passed away two weeks ago, former AMVETS Ladies Auxiliary National President. From the 708, I'd like to honor my son, Mike Wasik, who is a Purple Heart recipient for his service in Afghanistan. 224, I'd like to honor my grandfather, William Massif, and his twin brother, Edward, both served in World War II, and my uncle, Roger, I'm sorry, Robert Bending, served in Vietnam. 630, Steve, please honor my husband and veteran Desert Storm hero, John Kingsley, who served in the 126th Aerial Refueling Unit, and my 89-year-old dad, Army Sergeant Lionel Bessie, who served in the Korean War. Yeah, great thing about a World War II vet or a Korean vet or a Vietnam vet, you shake hands with them, your hand gets sore. <laughs> it's a real handshake. Uh, 708 on Veterans Day, I acknowledge my brother, uh, Bob Boy, I want to pronounce this right, and I'm going to blow it. S-C-H-W-I-E-S-O-W. Schwiesau, hmm. you think? Uh, Army Infantry, who fought in the Vietnam War. Thank you from Peggy. And Peggy, I'm sorry about butchering the name, but thank you very much. Uh, and 773, my father, Jim Forrest, 95-year-old World War II vet, served in France and Germany. And now I can finally beat him on a golf course since he's 95. <laughs> Got another one? Yeah, from the 847, honoring my dad, Art Renkosiak, uh, United States Marine Corps, World War II, Iwo Jima tank driver, passed away in 1999, left a legacy of service. And then from the 630, my brother who just passed away on Saturday, uh, U.S. Air Force 1964 to 1968, Charles Tolkien. So our condolences to you. Listeners from the 563, a real band of brothers here. I'll always remember my grandpa and his five brothers. They all served in World War II, all six of them. The Kopatz brothers from Springfield, Illinois. They were all in the war at the same time, all came back from the war. I mean, that's just miraculous. My grandpa, Al Kopatz, was captured as a POW and again survived. And that brings us full circle. General Borling served as a POW of Vietnam, one of the longest serving POWs ever. And I'll remind you again to please check out the website, sosamerica.org, and see what he's up to. All right, let's do this, Joe. Let's take this break here. We'll come back. Nine o'clock hour still to come. And after nine, in studio, Dr. Bell Nandra on PTSD and vets. And later on, Kirby Doc from the Blackhawks on his second goal in his pro career last night as the Hawks won 5-4. Northwestern Medicine Newsroom is where generally next. It's time to fall in love. 
with your energy provider? Seriously, you have a choice in who provides your home's energy, so why not choose a company you love? Santana Energy Services. Santana has been around for 31 years, offering low fixed-rate natural gas and electricity plants, and they're locally and employee-owned. They offer unique customer rewards for benefits like travel, dining, and more. View rates and fall in love with Santana at SantanaEnergyServices.com. Santana Energy Services. Our company, your values. Hi, I'm Mark Muller at Muller Subaru and Muller Volkswagen in Highland Park, our game day starts the minute you walk through the door. There won't be any tricks or plays with our true and transparent pricing. Our goal is to make the car buying process quick and hassle-free. Combined with our best savings of the season, our Muller sales staff will make sure you walk out with a big win. Get started at MullerSubaru.com or MullerVolkswagen.com and visit us off Route 41 in Highland Park. Experience our Muller team today. Your basement is already dry most of the time, but if you want your basement dry all of the time, you know who to call. Permaseal at 800-421-SEAL or permaseal.net. I'm interested in purchasing a new home. You need to call Team Hochberg. David Hochberg tells me he's up to something in 2020. I look forward to hearing details about that. Uh, Hochberg, you trusted local lender, not your bank, not an online lender, and definitely not your realtor's preferred lender. A woman named Amy found a home online and an online realtor she didn't know. Advised her to get pre-approved by their preferred lender. Dave, 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 Dave. Pre-approval. Yeah. Very important. Uh, no. Pre-approval is not going to get it done. You need an approval. Not a pre-approval. Not a pre-approval. Oh, pre-approval. So I, I was totally misinformed. I was about a handshake. Like a pre-handshake. Yeah, you don't need that. No, I don't need a pre-handshake. What's a pre-handshake? I wave to you? Yeah. No. Forget that. For, come on. Anyway, these pre-approval situations where they make you feel like you're all set to buy a home, they happen all the time. And, in fact, you can't buy a home with a pre-approval. You can buy a home with a Team Hochberg approval letter, and that's what you need. Stop wasting time working with inexperienced lenders. Instead, call a trusted local lender who will always look out for your financial best interests. Team Hochberg, 855-56-DAVID or 56david.com. Team Hochberg helped me and thousands of WGN listeners, but they can't help if you don't call 855-56-DAVID. Or go to 56david.com for Homeside Financial, an equal housing lender, Illinois Residential Mortgage Licensee, MB 676-1019, NMLS number 1124061. All right, 9 o'clock hour dead ahead, and the fine people at CLTV will join us in just about a minute. So thanks for that. More Black Friday deals are popping up all the time. The Samsung Black Friday deals were posted this morning. And uh, if we have time, I can't guarantee you we will. Um, but if we have time in the uh, next hour, uh, 40 fun facts about Sesame Street. <laughs> Dang, why wouldn't you have time for that? We're going to go through all 40? I saw Abigail uh, this weekend, um, and um, I was on the phone. And the joy of having her and her kid whisper go, Pops, how long are you going to talk? Just reminded me how much fun she is all the time. <laughs> and we watch Sesame Street together. Um, all right. A couple of things that we won't have time for anywhere else in the show. Uh, I've got three stories I don't have time to get in, so it's time to play You Must Pick One. Uh, you know how this works. I give you three headlines. You must pick one. I'll mm-hmm. tell you about the story. My favorite game. Uh, which NFL player bought which NFL coach a car after he injured him accidentally? Mr. Rogers movie coming out with Tom Hanks. How much was Mr. Rogers worth when he keeled over? And you thought the Popeye chicken sandwich thing was nuts. It's not the first time we've had a fast food nuts craze. Vote. NFL guy. NFL? Fast food. Fast food. Super Joe, what's your vote? Whatever's quickest. (laughs) Whoa, he's not messing around today. (laughs) 
I didn't put a lot of thought in that one. Uh, and uh, we got a tie, so I will break the tie and uh, tell you we will come back with the information on fast food crazes. <laughs> Uh, we'll get to fast food crazes coming up. You know this um, <clears throat> this story of fast food uh, uh, riots and went on. I don't feel right about doing it with Steve Grzanich not here because he's our designated eater. Right. So I should save that right till tomorrow. Leave me in suspense. I see the McDonald's Szechuan sauce riots were part of it. Wow. Yeah. So uh, joining us in the studio, it's always good to see him. Our friend Doctor Balnandra. How are you, sir? I'm great, Steve. How are you? Nice to see you. Well, nice to be back. And who do you have with you today? Today I have a special guest. Uh, this is uh, Eric Shuda. Eric is a veteran, a Marine veteran, who uh, we had the opportunity to meet uh, in earlier this year, actually in February. And uh, we uh, treated him for uh, some symptoms of PTSD, which he had developed after his years of service. And... Uh, this is Eric. Eric, great to see you. Thank you for your service. Happy Veterans Day. Thank you, and Who, thanks for having me. Who's your furry pal there? Lady. And Lady is? She's my service dog. And what type of dog are we talking about? Uh, German Shepherd. And beautiful. She is. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, explain to those of us who don't know what a service dog does for you as well before we get to Academy. So my service dog uh, treats me for my PTSD, so if I have any signs or symptoms, she'll jump up and start licking my face. Mainly what she does is she wakes me up at night, so if I'm hard to have night terrors, she'll jump on me and lick my face and wake me up. So uh, a distraction, but also a, you know, a hero in the dog's own way. Yep. It's great to hear. All right, Dr. Nandra, so Eric is... Um, an example of what is a very widespread problem in this country is we bring our heroes home, um, but too many of them have suffered from PTSD. Thankfully, we're at a point now where we're not calling it battle fatigue and all the things they referred to it as back in the day, and we're recognizing it as a legitimate condition. What do we know about ketamine's effect? Well, so ketamine, as we know, is very effective for the treatment of uh, depression, anxiety, and and also PTSD, as well as chronic pain. And what we know about ketamine is it has the ability to, to kind of uh, separate thoughts from emotions, and it kind of dulls the symptoms that develop when uh, someone like Eric or even... Uh, someone who's experienced other type of traumas. It doesn't have to be military trauma. It can be civilian trauma. It can be sure. assault. It can be a motor vehicle accident. It can be many things that cause PTSD. Uh, but but what ketamine does is it is it uh, vastly uh, reduces the the emotional response to a traumatic event, and that that can be vastly blunted and and really relieve the symptoms that that disrupt. Uh, patients who have PTSD, which is that hyper alertness, the hyper arousal, the it's called uh, 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 recollection and 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 uh, nightmares and night terrors and flashbacks and these replaying kind of the worst things yeah, you went exactly, through. Exactly, exactly. Uh, Marco Milosevic is a former Army Ranger Special Ops uh, member. And Marco, good morning to you. Morning. How are you? I'm fine and happy Veterans Day as well. And thank you for your service. Let's talk about PTSD for a second. And I don't need specifics. I don't. You know, that's aside from being a salacious, ridiculous question, I would never ask. Um, what we need to know is how it affects your life. What does PTSD do that keeps you from living a full life? You know, um, so I've gone on to uh, uh, with the, with the with, especially with Doctor Ball's treatment, gone on to really manage my symptoms a lot better. It was a, it was a great tool for me. The SGB, I got something slightly different than the ketamine treatment. Okay, um, but for me, what it looked like before um, 
you know, a lot of people have uh, these preconceived notions of what it looks like from bad movies. Um, and and uh, they think it's uh, some guy who's out there just out of control or he's going to come shoot up his workplace right. or all right. sorts of crazy stuff, you see. Ultimately, for me, when I was at my absolute worst, um, I was self-medicating with uh, well, a lot of different street drugs, and I would literally draw the blinds, shut the lights off, and sit in the dark and just stare at the front door waiting for somebody to come in and kill me or, or waiting for a war, basically. It, w- it was a really dark, dark place, and when my symptoms were at my absolute worst, just to go out and function in public, I was heavily self-medicating, um, sure. and, and that's what it looked like for me at, it, at its worst. Eric, uh, a similar story for you. Uh, does it uh, show up in ways of heavy depression, or, or what were you experiencing? Yes, that sounds correct. A perfect depression. Just wanted to stay in and do nothing. Yeah, so fatigue, I'm sure. Yep. Uh, and, and and you probably can't even think about the good things in life. You're back here to enjoy because you can't get rid of the bad things. Exactly. Yeah. That can be. Yeah, and I, just to, just to, just a caveat off of that. Um, absolutely, uh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's just depression. It's just darkness. And, um, on top of that, um, the idea of even going in public would, it was incredibly, incredibly debilitating. I, I don't know if Eric was the same, but yeah, just, it was, it was almost like I had to climb Mount Everest. You know, to go to tar- to go to Target. So the heightened know? sensitivity, Doctor Bell, you're talking about being in crowds of people, even if it's a Target, that would send these alert signals to the brain that you were talking about. Absolutely. So, so what's what what PTSD is? It's, it's a reaction to a dangerous or violent uh, or traumatic event. And what what happens in those situations is your fight or flight response is yes. turned on full force, and and right. especially the military. Uh, that's like Eric and and Marco. It never shuts off, and so what happens is they're always be in flight or mu- and it is exhausting. That's why it's so debilitating. But that's what causes all of these symptoms: is this uh, the the hormones and, and everything in our body, the neurotransmitters that are turned on in fight or flight. It just never turns off. Aside from the fatigue it causes, there's uh, a physiology I would think too. It could damage your heart and do all these other things that stress causes. It absolutely can. It can raise your blood pressure. It can raise your heart rate, obviously, and it's just a lot of stress on your body in general to be to be like this all the time. It's very um, debilitating. Or you're gonna add, Marco? Yeah. Well, to add to to the when uh, Dr. Ball mentioned the uh, the the blood pressure, Mom, I've had a noticeable decrease actually in my blood pressure um, after my treatment. Um, I was running around 140 150 over 100 give or take every time i got in to get checked and it's just you know i'm an active person you know i try to exercise regularly eat healthy you know I, i'm living good so there's no reason per se you know um and it doesn't so much even run in my family um high blood pressure but since this treatment um it, it has actually lowered my uh my blood pressure, I'm running around 120 over 70 Good over 80, you, which is like right where a guy like me wants to be. Yeah, it must uh, feel like and, a completely uh, different world. It, 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 I will tell you, um, I remember when I got my treatment and um, I looked up at the staff and it was, uh, you know, it was almost too good to be true, um, but it is. And 
I looked up at the staff and at Dr. Ball, my whole countenance on my face shifted. I felt my body relax and I looked at everybody. And the very first thing I said was, is this what life is like? Wow. And uh, it was wow. that instantaneous and that, um, that, and it's, it's lived up to the hype. Uh, and it's almost, sounds like one of those things that's too good to be true because I've literally tried everything um, from self-medicating to medication through through healthcare providers to this and this has been the most effective treatment I have got and it's not you don't have to take a pill every day or in my case I was taking five or six different medications a day and you have to take them all at specific times and it's just taken that whole thing off of my plate and now the only medication i take is uh prior to sleep i take a little bit of trazodone okay um and then i continued my treatment with uh, ongoing therapy as well and it has really done wonders for me no it's a new world eric where are you in treatment i'm uh doing good it's uh really helps me sleep and which is key right yep i when i first uh met dr nandra i was sleeping maybe two three hours a night and after my second treatment i slept 12 hours <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's amazing similar story. Similar story. So, so the key here is is eric and and marco have have had actually different treatments that we offer but everybody's different and so for eric ketamine was the solution uh and and just like eric said in a matter of two treatments he was sleeping through the night his anxiety levels during a day had plummeted and he was just functioning better and on top of that he he's he's maintained so eric eric's been we've almost eric's almost a year now since we started treating him and he only comes and he only comes yeah. in for a maintenance he only comes in for a ketamine maintenance booster <laughs> once every two yeah. months or three months between once every two and three months which is amazing marco on the other hand so he had a, a very interesting thing called the sgb that's a stellate ganglion block right i remember you talking and about. we've we've talked about that briefly in the air before and and that, that's a nerve that's injection into that nerve bundle in our necks which it's a single one-time injection, but it's an injection of that nerve bundle of our necks of just local anesthetic that shuts off that flight-or-flight response. And, it's been and, turned and the on. percentage of success of this is crazy. It's man. actually very high. And actually, just believe it or not, just last week, the timing is great, right before Veterans Day, just last week, a big multi-center VA uh, randomized clinical study was released, and it's published in JAMA Psychiatry Journal, that did show, actually, that this block is, you know, far more effective than placebo in reducing PTSD symptoms. So now we have actually even more clinical evidence that it works as and well. I, and, and, and you hear more about ketamine all the time as well. Yeah. Gee, you get the last word here. This question may be too simplified, but in terms of addressing the negatives, um, but does it change the patient's personality at all? Do they need to be concerned that... Um, I, I would love to address I'll that. I'll let Marco talk, talk about that, yeah. Yeah, I would absolutely love to address that. Yeah, go ahead. So I was actually talking to Dr. Nandra, Dr. Ball, um, about this, and um, I when I went out into the world that same day, I still had my same problems. I still had everything was the same um, in my life, right? Uh, but I, it was almost like you take off a pair of sunglasses and you're seeing a world through this tint, this mm-hmm. dark kind of negative tint, mm-hmm. and you take off your sunglasses and it's a bright, beautiful, sunny day. And uh, and 
it, it's the way I deal, uh, the way I'm able to cope with my problems a lot better. I still have my same personality. I'm still kind of a jokester. I still kind of like to run around and uh, have fun and, and all that stuff. But uh, at the end of the day, I'm not dealing with everything from that flight or fight response uh, that that you guys alluded you can, to earlier. You, you can tackle. You can tackle the problems, and you can tackle life. Now, before we run out of time here... Hey, Eric, there's guys listening right now who have gone through the same thing you and Marco have gone through. I assume you would echo what we always say here is just make the call. Just come in and get checked out, right? Yeah, just make the call. Go ahead and give it a shot. What's the worst that can happen? Right. And Dr. Nandra, I've gotten to know you a little bit, and I know you to be a very good guy, and you really care about these men and women who go through this and the scourge that this is, and you really want to change the world with it. So I salute you for what you've done. Thank you very much. Uh, people want to get a hold of you? What do they do? Uh, call 1-844-948-6337 or visit our website, uh, com. That's K-E-T-A-M-I-N-E, Chicago.com. We do offer, like I said, uh, both these treatments for PTSD. They're both effective. So one Sometimes one is better than the other, but the only way to find out is to call us and talk to us. It's not going to cost you anything to call and talk it over. Consultations are free, and right. we always take care of our veterans. And we uh, make this as affordable as we hum- as we possibly can sure, for them. Sure. Okay, Eric, thank you. Thank you. And uh, thanks to Lady as well. Well-behaved, I'll tell you that right now. Much better than G. And uh, Marco, thank you as well, man. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Appreciate you being on. It's Dr. Belnandra. And there you go. There's some good news for Veterans Day. Uh, just consider it. And by that, I mean make a call. And if you love somebody going through this who doesn't want to make a call, just keep talking to them, man. Just keep talking to them and say, what can I do to help? And I happen to know this is a good number for us to call, and let's just try it. Why not? We're going to try to get to as many of these names as possible between now and 10 of all the folks who have uh, texted in their thoughts on people they'd like to have publicly honored for Veterans Day. And then I'm going to ask uh, Vivian to put them all up online. I don't know where, but we'll figure that out and let you know. Uh, but I've saved them all from this morning. Also, I want to say hi to my friend Mark Slaby. The Patriot Education Fund is announcing that Robbie Gould, is going to be with us at Medina next May to uh, lead the uh, the golf classic we play in every year. And Dave's a part of that. And G w- won't be because she doesn't golf, but uh, she can come out and have some fun. I can pretend to be a golf player. <laughs> well, based on your handle, you know your your command of the terminology. I mean, you're right in it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll shoot uh, under par. Former, there you go. Former Patriot Education Scholarship winner and Purple Art recipient Chad Watson and his family. Chad's a fabulous guy. They've just received a new smart home, a home, last month from the Gary Sinise Foundation. An outstanding tribute to a great American hero. And there's been a long-time partnership with Chad and the Patriot Education uh, Fund. Awarded 12 new scholarships this fall to veterans and their families to continue education or make sure the family members of veterans are educated. It's Patriot Education Fund. Dot org, And anyway, you can help. is always appreciated. Um, well, you know, the weather's no good out there. But a lot of you may have missed that. So let's get you the details here. And then coming up, Kirby Doc will uh, join us from the Blackhawks about last night's win. Save the score! Kirby Doc, his second goal in the NHL. A juicy rebound was left by Hutchinson off the DeHaan shot. It just sort of rolled over into the right wing circle. And Doc was Johnny on the spot and drove it home. Dave, I was in the house last night. I know you were. For that bananas game and that four-goal first mm-hmm. period. And you know what I liked about Kirby, Doc? Kirby's a young man, as you know. Kirby could have spent the whole year in Rockford. A lot of us thought he would. 
But he's on the big club for a reason. Last night, when that puck dribbled his way, he buried it, Dave. He did. Buried it in the back of the net. It's exactly what you want to see. Should I change your name, Kirby? Now just call you Two Goal Kirby, or are you going to get another one soon? No. I'd like to score one. Yeah, you don't want just two. You want as many as you can get, right? I thought we'd lose him. Phone's on the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is. So the puck just kind of squirted your way, and you buried it. So, I mean, uh, good to put one in that I shot instead of just bounce off the volume. Yep, not going to work. All right, Kirby, hold the line if you would, please. That was Kirby Dock, an exclusive interview with five or six words with Kirby. <laughs> We're going to do a few more of these veterans' recognitions while you guys read out Kirby and see if we can figure out that problem. You know, the deal with digital phones um, and not using landlines anymore was we were supposed to not have that issue. Mm-hmm. You know, all phones are supposed to sound perfect. How's that working out? Once in a while, you get a little glitch. All right, G, you ready? I'm ready. 630, I'd love to hear you give mention to the thousands who supported the military in the factory, shipyards, and bomb factory. Okay, we just did. From the 219, my dad, Ed Reynolds, Corporal, U.S. Uh, Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lost him in 1988. Tough Marine, loving father. 847, my brother, Joe O'Donnell, 30 years as the Catholic chaplain in the Navy. Living in Phoenix now. Bless him. From 773, we are remembering my dad, Michael La Criola. Mm-hmm. Proud World War II veteran who served in the Pacific and passed away in September at the age of 96. He God is missed him. very much. Uh, 847, my father and his father, who enlisted in the Navy together in World War II, both came back safely, thank God. And Richard Bosley, U.S. Army, World War II, 95 years old. We've got a lot of guys from World War II, man. They survive and thrive. One more, G. From the 630, honoring my father-in-law, who served in the Merchant Marine in the Pacific in World War II, delivering ordnance and supplies to the island sometimes before the Marines assaulted the beaches. Thank goodness this show isn't live, so let's go live to Kirby Doc. Now, that was a rehearsal before, Dave. Oh, I I got that. Kirby, are you with me? Yeah, yeah, you guys hear me? Way better. Much better. So anyway, uh, last night, loved it. Loved seeing that first period. Second period was kind of traditional back and forth. And then the third period was bananas. I mean, could you believe yeah. all the shots that came in? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, you kind of looked at the, the shot clock after and didn't realize how, how many shots. I think I ended up with 57 or something. It was, it was nuts. Have you ever been in a game like that, Kirby, where the, there were that many shots on goal? I think uh, they're just a desperate group and trying to find a way to, to get two points in the road, and they kind of threw everything out of their net and credits them. I mean, they made a good push, and uh, it was a fun and entertaining game. Yeah, and the crowd was loving it, obviously. So at the end of the game, Hawks get a great goal, Taves to Sod, uh, the Sodder. Now it's 5-3. And Kirby, I yeah. thought it was in the bag. But it, that, yeah. was, that, that was not the way that period was going to go, I guess, right? No, Toronto's got a lot of good players and a lot of top end talent, so we knew that we had to, to close that game off. I, I, I know how excited you were to score your first goal and the, last night your second goal, but I'm not sure you didn't look more excited when Adam Boquist scored his first goal. Right. What about a week or so ago? Were you yeah. were you just as pumped up for that? Yeah, uh, I mean he's uh, he's one of my close friends on the team, and to see him score in his, in his second game was uh, pretty cool. And to be on the ice was awesome. Um, do you still pinch yourself knowing you're with a big club? Because when we met you right after the draft this year, even you thought, no, I mean, I'll, it'll take a while, but I'll get there and look at you. Yeah, I mean uh, it's pretty 
Trust me, it's pretty spectacular. All right, hold the line, Kirby. Let's try that again with Kirby another time where we could maybe have him send up smoke signals or possibly send us a telegram or bring him in the studio. Because not Kirby's fault. It's just a bad phone line. Yeah, it happens. And he's doing a great job with the Blackhawks. He is. Um, tomorrow on the show, it's Kid of the Week. And if you have a Kid of the Week, what do they do, G, if they want to get us a Kid of the Week? What would you recommend? Um, they need to go to WGNRadio.com slash contest, plural. Right, Super Joe? Did I get it right? Yeah. Contest is right. You're exactly sure right. did. Yep. Um, and uh, tell us about your Kid of the Week. As I said, we'll do a uh, another one tomorrow. Um, a little unexpected bonus time, unfortunately, with Kirby's phone connection. So, Dave, did you want to add something before we get back You're to the Lister? Well, no, I was just, just want to see if you want to go sledding. <laughs> it is that kind of morning. Yeah. yeah, but I think we could sled on Whacker. It appears that we're getting close. Yes. So you're holding off on the fast food story, but are you going to tell us the other story? Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy named Larry Fitzgerald, who was, uh, or is, one of the great wide receivers of all time, yeah. was playing for a coach named Bruce Arians for okay. the Arizona Cardinals. And about two years ago in a post-game celebration, they're all jumping up and down, and Fitzgerald accidentally injured Bruce Arians. Ooh. So he said he was sorry, and he went out and bought him a car. Like, how injured was he? Not so bad. I mean, it was unfortunate. It was, you know, it was painful. It happens. But they're tough guys. I wouldn't mind being injured if so I get a car. So you would like to be Larry Fitzgerald's friend? Yes, so that he could yeah. run over my foot or something and then buy me a car. But he's also, by reputation, one of the best of the guys in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from being one of the best car? players. Um, well, it wasn't a 68 Rambler, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, good for him. That was the quickie story there. Uh, tomorrow we'll tell you about fast food riots and also Mr. Rogers' net worth. I bet it's uh, if there's time. If not, I'll have Dave do it. Apparently, okay. Mr. Rogers came from a wealthy family to begin with. They were uh, well off. Is that right? Yes. I didn't even know I watched story. the documentary. Okay. 619, I'd like to say uh, thank you for this, and, and please recognize my father, Lyman Landry. Served 68 to 77 in the Navy, passed from ALS in 2013. Um, but thank you, Lyman Landry. From the 630, I would like to honor Sam Giamanco, Army World War II, Michael Giamanco, and Major Jennifer Hergenroder, Army Afghanistan. 847, remembering father-in-law, Army Sergeant Daly Smith, served in Korea. From the 224, I'd like to honor my father, Albert Carpenter, served 13 years in Army before and during World War II, wounded in Italy, and lost his right leg. 847, my dad, retired Lieutenant Colonel J.A. Risley, 2nd Air Division, 446 Bomb Group, served in World War II in Northeast England on the crew of the B-24 Liberators. Miss you, Dad. Oh, wow. Honoring my brothers, Jeff, K-R-A-J-C-I. They say it's pronounced Crotchy, Crachy, I hope, and Gary Crachy. It could have been Crotchety. We don't know. <laughs> Both served in Vietnam. Thank you for acknowledging our vets. 414, I'd like to send out remembrance to my grandfather, Seaman Green, Coxon Ward, and my cell cryptographer ward, uh, Regenerations, three proud Navy men. From 630, my father, Angelo Egizio, first lieutenant, lead navigator, B-26, flew missions in World War II, received the Distinguished Flying Cross, flew another 90 missions in the Korean War. How about that? Father of eight, uh, he passed away Veterans Day 2001. Um, Well, you know, he came home, and that's a wonderful story, but I wonder what was more daunting, flying those combat missions or coming home and having eight kids. That's a lot of of mouths to feed. Six real. My dad, Richard Barnes, served in the Navy in World War II and on the USS Fanshawe uh, Fanshawe Bay. 
uh, in the battle of uh, Late Golf, L-E-Y-T-E, Late Golf. I don't know this battle in the South Pacific. Anyway, passed away in 1987. I think about him every day, and I miss him. From the 630, I'd like to honor my father, World War II veteran Richard Maloney, or Maloney, USN, also my father's dad, and Pearl Harbor survivor Robert Ashton. Uh, 224, my two grandpas, Joe Hardigan and George Keeley, both World War One Purple Heart veterans. How about that? Oh, wow. From the 224, I'd like to honor my dad, Norm Bailey, a Navy vet who served in Guam, his brother, Eugene, who died in World War Two at the age of 18, and my nephew, Justin Bailey, who also served in the Navy and sailed to Europe twice for two missions. Thank you to all her serve. And finally, 773, my dad, Bernard Heisen, World War Two Army vet, uh, fought in D-Day in Normandy Beach. Lived till 2012. We love you. We miss you. And that's just a few. Sorry we couldn't get to even more. We'll tell you tomorrow where we post them all so you can take a look at them. We'll see you tomorrow. We'll try this again. Uh, in the meantime, Wendy's coming up with Dane because Bill's a fraidy cat and wouldn't come out. That's it. He had a snowsuit on and everything, but he just wouldn't get out in the snow. <laughs> Clip on mittens. Of course. Yeah, Snowshoes. Totally. totally. Yeah. Oh. Booties. Plastic oh, bags booties. over his socks. Yes. Well, that's crazy <laughs> talk, Dane. He wouldn't do that. <laughs> Uh, enjoy your own show. Good luck to you. And uh, we'll be back here tomorrow morning for more of the Steve Cochran Show. Time now for the news.